The South Carolina Gamecocks are taking on the South Carolina State Bulldogs later tonight at 7 p.m. due to some unfortunate circumstances. And there's one particular thing that we need to see from this offense in this game. I'll discuss that and more today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and I thank you once again for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch every single day. We are free and available on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts daily. And on today's show, I'm going to be previewing South Carolina's Week 5 matchup against the South Carolina State Bulldogs, although I'm going to do it a little bit differently for this game preview edition on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I'm going to talk about one particular thing that we need to see from the offense on Thursday night in Segment 1. Segment 2, I'll give you all a quick breakdown of South Carolina State's offense and defense in terms of execution and sort of the play calling that I noticed from a particular game. And then I'll give my final thoughts and prediction in the final segment of the show. That is the roadmap for this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. So I have a quick question for all of you, and I just want you to think about this in your mind for just a second. What is one thing that this offense needs to do against South Carolina State on Thursday night? Okay, I've given you all a few seconds to think on it. Now, let me tell you all what I think they need to do, and let's just see how it matches up. Spencer Rattler needs to show out in this game against South Carolina State. It's time for Spencer Rattler to live up to all the hype and expectations that were bestowed upon him when he announced this past December that he was going to be wearing garnet and black threads for the South Carolina Gamecocks this football season. He needs to show opponents that he can be a consistent threat in this offense airing out the football. That is what he needs to show in this game. Now, am I going to sit here and tell you that he needs to go out there against the South Carolina State Bulldogs, an FCS team from the MEAC Conference who has a coach and buddy Pew that obviously is respected by everyone who knows football in the state of South Carolina. I'm not saying he needs to throw it like 40, 50, 60 times. I'm not saying that. But Spencer Rattler has got to get his confidence going in this offense. He has got to have something to put on tape for these opponents that we're getting ready to face in Kentucky, in Texas A&M, in Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, and a couple of others, of course, as well, Missouri and Vanderbilt even. He has got to put something on tape because, quite frankly, at this point in the year, Spencer Rattler has been a complete mixed bag. And quite honestly, we have probably seen too many bad moments from him. Now, of course, I'll get into this in a little bit. Not all the issues with this offense are on him. Not all of his mistakes are completely on him. But let's get back to a different question. 
What makes a quarterback a threat in the game of football? What makes a quarterback someone that the opposing team has got to respect? That is going to be a dangerous threat to probably score or at least sustain long drives every single time they got the football in their hands. Well, there's a few things that come to mind in my eyes. One, a quarterback is a threat if they understand what's always going on when they are on the football field. So... This could also mean, my second point, he is also someone that therefore makes good decisions most of the time. And then the last trait out of the three that I think of in terms of what makes a quarterback a threat is one who is consistently accurate with the football. In essence, you can see the field clearly. You know where you need to go with the football. Now, can you get the ball there? You don't have to be a Josh Allen who can chunk the ball like 75 yards down the field in order to be a threat at the quarterback position. First of all, that's just not something that is a fair expectation to put on any quarterback for the most part. Josh Allen, if you're going to call people one percenters, well, Josh Allen in terms of quarterbacks and the talent that he has is probably a .5 percenter. That's how good Josh Allen is for the Buffalo Bills. Same deal with Patrick Mahomes. Those guys are at the tippity top of the mountain in terms of talented quarterbacks. Now, to get back to Spencer Rattler real quick, why is it important that he accomplishes this goal in this game? Because I know some of you might be sitting there right now and thinking, Andrew, we don't need to be throwing the ball at all. Did you see what Marshawn Lloyd did this past weekend, this entire running back room? We could just go out there and run the football against South Carolina State. We'll win by 30, 35 plus points and, you know, hopefully avoid injuries once again, get guys healthier, and then that way we can carry some more momentum heading into the Kentucky game. And if Shane Beamer and this coaching staff want to do that, they probably very well could. And yeah, that probably would end up being the end result. We'd probably not have to see South Carolina be sweating bullets in the fourth quarter at the end of this football game. But in my opinion, you would be doing a disservice not just to Spencer Rattler, but to the entire offense if you do this again like you did against Charlotte last week. And here's why. This offense has shown an ability to run the football now. Of course, the first few weeks you could say, yeah, the running game looked pretty abhorrent. It was very, very bad. Week one, perimeter blocking just absolutely stunk. Weeks two and three, the running game, quite frankly, was not prioritized enough, and I've already beaten that like a dead horse for, you know, previous shows, so I'm not going to get back into those conversations, but the point is, it didn't look good the first few weeks. Then, of course, this past weekend, we sort of changed our tune on the running game by just beating up on a Charlotte 49ers team that, quite frankly, has one of the worst defenses in all of college football. That's great. The South Carolina Gamecocks did what they were supposed to do this past weekend. But the thing is, you cannot expect this offense to do what they did last week against Charlotte consistently against better teams, more talented teams, well-coached teams like Kentucky, who you're going to play in week six. And I'll get to this point more this next week when that game is about to take place. But I view this Kentucky game as potentially the biggest game for South Carolina's entire season. I think that the entire second half of the schedule, I think that things could swing based on how that Kentucky game goes. To get back to Spencer Rattler, if he does not show that he can be a consistent passing threat this week against South Carolina State, 
The reason why I brought up what I just brought up a moment ago, Kentucky and other teams, teams that have good coaches, they're just going to do something like stack the box constantly. They're going to force Spencer Rattler to have to make quick decisions. They'll constantly blitz, and they'll basically say, we don't think that you can beat us with your arm for 60 minutes. We just don't think you can do that. And if you do hand off the football, great. We already got seven, eight defenders in the box. We don't think that your running backs are going to be that good to where if two or three of our guys get through the line, they can somehow shake loose of them. That's what defenses are going to do. I can tell you right now, Kentucky, if they're looking ahead at all, which they probably aren't, but if they are even to a slight degree from an analyst standpoint, they're probably already thinking about that sort of thing. And we need to be honest about Spencer Rattler at this point. He's a one percenter in terms of arm talent. Nobody's going to argue against that. Even detractors of his, his loudest critics, they're not going to argue against that. But the issue is for some people, when you know that you're a one percenter in terms of talent, that can either be a blessing, it could be something that keeps you sort of humble or makes you stay hungry to stay ahead of your competition, or it can be a curse. Because you know you're talented, and sometimes, maybe not all the time, but sometimes when you're in a high-pressure situation, maybe you know, you're know you down to the wire getting a project done for your job or something like that, you will just rely on your talent and abilities and think that you're going to get out of the situation A-OK, that everything's going to work out just fine. Life is not always going to work out that way. It's certainly not going to always work out that way in a football game. For Spencer Rattler, his talent is almost a curse because he sometimes still relies on his talent way too much when making certain decisions. Think of the Georgia game and that wheel route to Juju McDowell. Let's be honest. He kind of just thought that he could back shoulder that throw like it was nothing. Juju would be able to catch the ball and the drive would be extended. Instead, Georgia's guy literally was just sitting on that route the whole time. The ball was coming right at him and the pass never stood a chance. That's a perfect example. Also, Spencer Rattler's had spring practice. He's had fall camp. And he's now had four live games to get some comfortability in this pro-style offense that was new to him, of course, in January or February or March. And again, not all the offensive issues are on him. I understand that completely, and I concede that point. But at some point, Gamecock Nation, the fan base... They're going to want to see the guy who was once a Heisman favorite in the preseason. They're going to want to see the guy who was the quarterback that led the Sooners to the Big 12 Conference title game. And they cannot afford to wait a whole lot longer. The coaching staff can't afford to wait a whole lot longer because it's not going to get any easier on the schedule. This might be your easiest stretch really all season. So if you don't get it done now, then at that point the question is just when? I mean, it might not even be just fully because of him, but again, think of the opponent you got to face later down the stretch. So if not now, then when? That's the overall question that Spencer Rattler is going to have to answer in this game. I hope to see the coaching staff let him throw the ball some. Again, it doesn't have to be like 80% passes, 20% run, but try to be balanced. Let the running game set things up and help Spencer Rattler get comfortable inside the game itself and go from there. Show Kentucky that you got to respect his arm and decision-making. You'll make the game more interesting if you do that. If that's not accomplished, you're already going to set yourself behind the eight ball in terms of game planning for that Kentucky football game. So that's going to be a very important question in the South Carolina State ball game. But also, what is South Carolina State going to bring to the field on offense and defense? Well, I'm going to get into all of that in just a couple of moments. 
But before I do so, I need to talk about our friends over at Bet Online because they are the sponsors for today's show. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They're the fastest and easiest way to check out all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, which has started to narrow down to the postseason. You've also got mixed martial arts, boxing, and golf as well. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to segment two of this game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we talk about your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so let's get into the weeds of what South Carolina State does, both on offense and on defense, starting off with the offense in terms of execution. Now, I watched South Carolina State's game against Central Florida in week one because, first of all, it was the only game I could find where... I could actually see the entirety of the football game. And secondly, it was a comparable game to use for studying film because, uh, you know, UCF is an FBS football program just like South Carolina. So in this game, there was a couple things that stood out to me in terms of execution on offense. First of all, their quarterback, Corey Fields. I'm just going to be bluntly honest with this guy. Um, He's not very accurate with the football Basically, if y'all remember how Darren Granger was for Georgia State in week one earlier this season, um, yeah, Darren Granger is probably a better passer of the football than Corey Fields. And again, I'm not trying to take shots at the guy because, you know, I'm sure that he's a great teammate. I'm sure that he is a great player for that coaching staff, and he represents the team quite well and the University of South Carolina State. So I'm not trying to take shots at him, but it's just the facts. If he has to throw the football Longer than 10 yards, really. His accuracy just drops off a cliff. And that was quite noticeable in the game against Central Florida. And the thing is, his offensive line in the game against Central Florida gave him decent pass protection. There wasn't really a whole lot of pass protection breakdowns from what I could tell during the time that Corey Fields was in the football game. And the offensive line for South Carolina State does seem to do better in pass protection than they do in run blocking. At least when facing Central Florida, that was what I saw. Now, moving on to the offensive play calling, because admittedly, with both of those things working against each other, the offensive execution was kind of tough to get a read on. With their play calling, they run a lot of plays out of the shotgun. They love to run 11 personnel and sometimes 12 personnel, which means that they have one or two tight ends lined up in line with the offensive line. Another favorite formation or set that they like to run is a split back formation where the quarterback's lined up a little bit closer to the center than the running backs are to the O-line, but he's got a running back lined up on either side of him. And the other thing is I noticed very quickly that South Carolina State, at least against Central Florida, and they did the same thing against Bethune-Cookman in Week 2, they seem like that they're a team that really wants to establish a running game, especially on early downs in a drive. Most of the time that they had first down in their game against Central Florida, they ran the football. It was probably like 80% run, 20% pass from what I saw. And admittedly, this could be partly to avoid having their quarterback in Corey Fields having to throw the ball in 
obvious passing down situations like a third and eight or longer. Another thing, they really want to get the football to Shaquan Davis, who wears the number one jersey at wide receiver for South Carolina State. They want to get him the ball however they can, whether it's a quick passing route like a quick hitch or if it's an out route, a post route, corner route, you name it. They will put Shaquan Davis in the slot. They'll put him out wide. They'll put him all over the place because they want to get him the football. I looked at their stats actually just yesterday and Shaquan Davis has over 200 receiving yards more than the second place receiver on their entire roster three games into the year. He's like the only receiver that has 50 plus receiving yards on their offense. So yeah, Davis is obviously their key weapon. He's the guy that makes this offense click. If they can get him the football, they're going to do it however which way possible. He is 6'5", 180 pounds. He is probably the best NFL draft prospect on the team if you're interested in maybe looking further into that part of his game. But he runs pretty well for his size. Route running is pretty decent and his speed is really good for a guy who is 6'5". So, yeah, Shaquan Davis, nonetheless, he is going to be the key player to watch from Sacramento State's offense. They do have more of a power blocking scheme in terms of their rushing attack. They love to utilize Trey Counter a lot with the tight end being sort of the second pull blocker in that counter play. In terms of protection, they will sometimes max protect to try to give the receivers a chance to maybe, you know, progress through their routes and buy their quarterback, Corey Fields, some more time to get a pass off so the receiver can at least try to make a play. So this offense is not going to just go out there and, you know, just sort of roll over. They're going to try to do things that are going to maybe give their quarterback a better chance to be successful and thus also give the receivers a better chance to try to find a way to get open, whether it's through scrambling pretty much to the sideline or, again, looking for number one and just saying, the heck with it. Shaquan Davis is down there somewhere. I mean, that that sometimes is quite literally South Carolina State's game plan in their passing attack on offense. So that is pretty much all you need to know for their offensive side of the ball. Now, moving on to the defense. Um in terms of execution, they struggled some with some zone read, read option concepts up front. They had a really tough time keying in on that, playing contain in their gaps, and Central Florida picked on that all game long when they were playing South Carolina State. Now, South Carolina, of course, in their pro-style offense, you're probably not going to see them do that too much, but don't be surprised if maybe the zone read gets run a couple more times than usual in this game for this very reason. The defensive line was able to hold their ground pretty well against Central Florida, and by that I mean they didn't just get blown off the ball every single play. But they did have issues getting consistent, solid penetration to where they actually were collapsing the pocket and they were able to maybe make contact on a ball carrier in the backfield. So again, you know, you might not just completely blow them away, but they're also probably not going to make too many plays on their own either. I will say this, they do have a defensive tackle named Brandon Tucker, where's the number 65 on their D-line. I think he's a pretty solid player from what I saw. He is a very high motor. He does not give up on plays. And he's probably the one D lineman that can make plays in pass rush or in rush defense. So watch out for him on their defensive line. In terms of who the best player is on their team, just based off the Central Florida game and the season stats do seem to back this notion up, their best defensive player is linebacker B.J. Davis, who wears the number five. In the Central Florida game, B.J. Davis was flying around all over the field. He also had a couple plays where he made some real solid tackles in the box against Central Florida's running backs. And... He's quite honestly, in my eyes, probably one of the few players on their entire roster 
who has near power five levels of athleticism in terms of his athletic profile as a football player. This is a guy who, again, he could probably play for a group of five teams easily and maybe even some power five teams. He's a pretty decent player. So watch out for him, especially in rush defense. You know, again, you can't sometimes maybe get him out of place just a touch. And if you got enough speed like Marshawn Lloyd or Juju McDowell, then you'd probably be able to still get past him. But, you know, he's not going to have that happen too often. He's got solid length at linebacker in order to help himself make some plays. So watch out for B.J. Davis at linebacker. Their corners are also pretty aggressive in terms of attacking runs and passes on the edge. They are not afraid to run up and try to tackle your guys once they see that the ball is just going out sort of to the boundary right around the line of scrimmage. Their guys will just run up and try to drive on right through you. The defensive line is susceptible to screen sometimes as well by not reading it quickly enough, you know, because of the Ole blocking style that offensive linemen will have when, of course, they are running a screen play. The interior defensive line in particular was very susceptible in rush defense as well. So that's sort of the execution stuff and the players to watch on South Carolina State's defense. Now, in terms of play calling, their defense is a multiple defense. They can run anything from a 5-2 with five guys around the line of scrimmage to a 2-4-5 where they have two down linemen and then sort of two linebackers that are on the edge. So kind of like a, I guess, you know, more modern day 4-2-5, basically where you just have two outside linebackers on the edge that are standing up in two-point stances, basically just standing upright. Um, they will run man coverage on the weak side call, but otherwise they'll line up in cover four or cover three a lot. This could have been due to the fact that they were playing Central Florida, who of course is a higher quality opponent compared to the guys that they will normally face this season. And they didn't want their secondary to be maybe exposed or get beat deep too often. And especially when you're in South Carolina State's 10-yard line, when you're in their red zone, South Carolina State will run out of a 5-2 formation and just run a lot of soft zone and basically say, look, we'll give you everything underneath, but you're not going to get behind us and score easily. That's kind of the defensive philosophy that you'll probably see them carry into this game. They will also run some stunts up on the defensive line, especially a toe stunt, which is basically a defensive end crashing sort of inside to the offensive guard, while the defensive tackle basically just loops around and takes over the defensive end's original spot going up against the offensive tackle. And they will run some nickel corner blitzes at times from the weak side of the field on, you know, normally second and seven plus situations to try to force some third and long obvious passing downs. So then they can probably blitz a couple more guys on third down. That's sort of the way that South Carolina State operates on defense. And that is overall what they do on both sides of the ball. So, so what do I think is going to happen in this game overall later tonight? Well, I'll cover that in just a couple of moments but before I do that, I also need to talk to y'all about something that's really important for small businesses, people who own small businesses especially, because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, like you're at a poker table in Vegas playing some blackjack. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and quite honestly, you don't always get that, which is why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people that you want to talk to you faster and for free. You know, with people like me being a recent college graduate and networking with people from the University of South Carolina, if one of us decides to get a job in a field that involves said person, it'll make it easier for the both of us 
to network with one another, to get to know one another, to know what you're getting in that person. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and the worldwide professional network that consists of over 800 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the job description to a T, using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs, again, helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that nearly every week, 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Join in on the fun. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to the final segment of this game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so I've talked about what Spencer Rattler needs to show in this game against the Bulldogs. I've talked about South Carolina State's offense and defense in terms of an execution and play calling standpoint. Now, what are my final thoughts on this game and what I think the final score is going to be? Well, I'll go ahead and say, I think that South Carolina is going to win this game. I don't really think that there's any way in which South Carolina State keeps this game close beyond maybe the first quarter Um, After what I saw from the Central Florida game from their quarterback, Corey Fields, yeah, I just don't see any way that this offense can really, quite frankly, test South Carolina's defense to a really high degree, which is why I think that this really needs to be a game in which South Carolina on defense, this is a perfect opportunity to really try and right the ship in a few particular areas. You need to do better in third down defense. Charlotte, despite the fact they only scored 20 points on you this past week, they converted their first seven third down attempts. Now, of course, a couple reasons why this was the case was because, one, credit to Charlotte's offensive coordinator. He was calling some really good plays that were perfect for the third and short situations that Charlotte kept finding themselves in. And secondly, Chris Reynolds is a dog at quarterback. Let's be honest about that. The 49ers quarterback made a lot of really solid plays against South Carolina this past Saturday that, quite frankly, just could not be defended very much at all. This is not a game in which South Carolina has got to worry about that. Now, besides accounting for Shaquan Davis on the outside, cornerbacks, this ought to be a really good game to test your abilities against a solid, tall, lanky wide receiver. This defense, again, should not get tested very much. I will give South Carolina State this much. I do think maybe they could find some success going down the field. I think that maybe they might get a couple completions to Shaquan Davis, maybe a couple of explosive plays to him that helps them get down near field goal range. So I'll say that they get a couple field goals, and then at the end of the game, maybe when the backups are in, maybe they get a garbage time touchdown. That's kind of what I see happening from South Carolina State's standpoint on offense. For South Carolina's offense, going against South Carolina State's defense, Um, Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this has got to be a game where Spencer Rattler is really going to show why he was so highly touted coming out of high school, why he was such a highly touted transfer coming to South Carolina, all the buzz that he created. He's got to start fulfilling that in some way, shape, or form. So far, again, he just hasn't done that. And again, not all the issues have been on him. There have been some problems 
up at the line of scrimmage, although the O-line is getting a little bit better in my opinion. There have been some issues with perimeter blocking. And, you know, maybe the wide receivers are not getting as much separation on some of these routes with some of these play concepts that are being called by Marcus Satterfield. Maybe there could be a few things done in terms of play calling that put Spencer Rattler in better positions. But the point being, so far, we just haven't seen enough from the quarterback position that's got to change in this game. I think that Marcus Satterfield and this coaching staff understand that. I think that they understand that this is a game where, quite frankly, you need to take out the toolbox. You need to tune some things up a little bit. You need to really sort of refurbish a couple of areas. You need to repair and patch up a couple spots that you just haven't looked too well in. Because right now, this offense is basically the equivalent of an old sputtering car. There are certain times where you take it out for a drive, and it works pretty well, and it gets you from point A to point B. And then there's other times where you take the car out for a spin, and all of a sudden, you got like three warning lights on your car, and you're freaking out because you have no idea what's going on. And before you know it, you're on the side of the road, and you're calling AAA. That is how South Carolina's offense has sort of operated up to this point in the season. Again, a bag of mixed results. This needs to be a game where you impose your will once again. But we don't need to prioritize the running game this time. Yes, still feed the rock to Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Bill Smith. Don't become pass happy. But we got to get the passing game going to where other teams like Kentucky this next week are going to have to actually respect that part of the offense a little bit more. In my eyes, South Carolina is going to run away with this football game. I got a final score of South Carolina 52, South Carolina State 13. That is what my thoughts are on this game. What are y'all's thoughts on this game? What do you think the final score is going to be? What do you think Spencer Rattler needs to do in order to have a solid outing here? Maybe to accomplish the goal that I mentioned in segment one. And also, what is your opinion on South Carolina State's offense and defense? Is there someone else maybe that actually worries you a little bit in this game? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see him. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, but maybe you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, there's some big games upcoming this weekend. LSU and Auburn are going to be playing in Auburn, Alabama. You've also got Alabama going to Arkansas and what could be one of the toughest tests the Tide have all season long. You want more information on those kind of games? Go check out Chris Gordy over in the Locked On SEC podcast where he covers all 14 SEC teams in just 30 minutes every single day with the help and assistance of the local team experts of Locked On who cover SEC programs. So once again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But again, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that you all have a great rest of your Thursday. Be safe if you're going to the game. And most importantly, if you're going to be in the path of Hurricane Ian with all the destruction that's already taken place, thoughts and prayers to everyone that has been impacted by this storm. And for those of you who are still going to be in the line of the storm, please stay safe, okay? Your life is more important than anything else. I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. Peace.